If you love adventure, magic, and more fun than you ever imagined, you should be reading Star, Star Comics. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am not feeling well. That's a darn shame, but you know what? What? This is my random, this is my gun, one is for banter, one is for fun. Random banter time, buddy. Tell me a tall tale of tantalizing treats. Listen here, Private. I don't care what you came into this gosh darn army for, but my name is Ollie Emery, and you are going to lick that toilet clean. Do you understand me, pile? The hardest part is cleaning it up for family-friendly. Yeah, but, I know. You know. Well, I figured it tied in because we're a family-friendly show, and at some point in the movie they talk about kids. Hmm. So, yeah, we, we can't really... <laughs> I'm and not going to extrapolate on that because no, it's terrible. no. Bad Jeff. I know. Bad Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> the best time I had watching that movie was when I was in basic training. Well, not basic training, but AIT. Okay. Basic training, you can't watch movies. But in AIT, we, we watched that movie a lot because, well, irony. Yeah. <laughs> and I did hear uh, recently a review of that movie where they had a Marine on there. And Marines like, yeah, we love, Marines love that movie because okay. it is nothing but it just, I saw that movie and I knew I wanted to be a Marine. And most Marines will get that. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, I can, I can see it. I've got some Marine friends. They have good stories. Yes. They have very, very good stories. Yes. I do not necessarily, well, I guess I have a little bit of a story. I mm -hmm. mean, my story is that uh, we are a day away from Avengers Endgame showing. And so in preparation for that, my wife and I have done the Marvel Marathon. We haven't matched it up with one movie a day because, you know, we don't have that kind of time. Yeah, because life. But I managed to get it set up perfectly with our schedule, at least, so that tomorrow we are going to be watching Avengers Infinity War. Okay. And then I'm going to be going down to Medford to see my friend and go to their little Medford Comic Con, too, and we're going to go see it Sunday night, my friend and I. But it's been really fun watching with my wife. We've been watching in chronological order, so mm -hmm. we start with Captain America, First Avenger, and kind of going through it where the movies will place, not when they were actually released. Mm -hmm. And it has been fun for us to go through and do it that way because you get, well, especially my wife, she's really putting a lot of pieces together. For me, it's like, oh, this makes more sense now, and I can see how they did this. And the, it just fits very well. Besides that, it's also given me an opportunity to do a forced ranking system and kind of figure out what both my wife and I think the Marvel movies are in order from what we think is best to worst. So it's kind of fun. It's interesting to see how we view the movies differently because we're looking for different things in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And you're two different people. Right. And two different people are going to have two different sets of opinions. So and perfect. And it's, you know, not saying that, you know, just because one movie, I don't think it's great. It still is a good movie. There are no bad Marvel movies. Yeah, that's really the great thing about the Marvel stuff. Honestly, uh, the only movies that I buy anymore are the Marvel films. Yeah. So, you know, about every three months, that goes 20 bucks. But, you know, it beats what I used to be doing where it was like, 
movie, yeah. movie, 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 movie. That's what I've been doing. I mean, that has kind of eaten up my last three weeks mm. of nights. <laughs> <laughs> As it would. What about you? What is uh, new with you? Well, uh, for the uh, the new Endgame movie, I also am looking forward to three plus months from now when I'll get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the I way, I added plus on there because that's how that's going to be. By the way, since we're on uh, Into the Spider-Verse watch, uh, how's Hillary doing? I mean, both you and Hillary doing watching the movie. We're, we are still halfway through. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. So. All right, I got to right. light that fire again. <laughs> but also what fire has been lit for me is that I'm back in remodel mode. Really? Yep. So uh, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, with all the furniture that's been pulled out of the room upstairs and uh, me come, you coming in and I'm covering a little bit of drywall plaster because I'm working on nail pops right now. No, it was more, I couldn't tell because in the tiny amount of space that we have in your basement, <laughs> it's, it's been made even tinier, yeah. and now the computer is halfway across the room because we have paint cans yeah. between me and that. Those are eventually going to work their way upstairs where they will be uh, emptied and used. Sure, yeah. sure. No, I'm, get, I'm getting close. I got, uh, I'm about, uh, I don't know, a third of the way done with my nail pops and potential wall repair stuff, but yeah, getting back on that uh, home remodel bandwagon, which is timely and due and needing to be done, and I'm looking forward to, for it to being over, but uh, it's going to get done. You know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? More Snark Wars. More Snark Wars. Snark Wars! We're in the heart of the Snark Wars. Yes, we are. Yeah. And I'd like to apologize right now for uh, my voice. It probably sound might sound okay, but I've kind of got this, what I'm going to call a sinus infection, which my sinuses have been fine this year and yesterday i'm like hey my sinuses are hurt yeah your voice is kind of rasping down a little bit so we'll see how uh hour of talking does to it oh it's probably going to do very well (laughs) but to get us started can you give us a two-sentence replay of last issue a camouflaged cruiser of snarks has snark napped the power pack and forced them to help retrieve a badly frostbitten high snark jackal from his arctic imprisonment and then whisk them all away on a potentially one-way trip to snark world where their powers will be stripped and given to jackal to help ensure his winning the snark wars. A mostly unsuccessful breakout occurs that frees Kofi, leaves a revived jackal with an extremely powerball fried hand, and has Katie Gandalf falling to her apparent death in the caverns far, far below. Now that the Alex and Julie bicker the entire issue, and it's really annoying. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. This issue is called When You Wish Upon a Star. And so because of that, I've got for us tonight... I'm excited to see what you got. Starlight White Ale. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That Yeah, the uh, cover on this really ties in. It's great. It's got a, uh, uh, a celestial-bodied unicorn. It's basically a silhouette of a unicorn in front of a nebula filled with stars. That is amazing looking. It's, let's see, what's story time on this? See things differently. Okay, Moonship... No, not Moonship. Moonshrimp Brewing. Moon that's an interesting name for a brewing company as well. Oh, and it's out of Portland, Oregon. <laughs> okay. Well, that's kind of cool. I'm very curious to see what this uh, white ale is like. Already looking through the bottle, I can kind of tell that it's going to be a little hazy. So you ready for this? This is a totally gluten-free beer. Really? A very light summery beer with a touch of crisp sweetness and slight sour tang, rounded out with coriander and citrus notes, light and refreshing, 5.5% ABV and 20 IBU. Totally gluten free that's impressive i know that uh a lot of the problem with beer that a lot of people have that have the gluten intolerance is you know beer has gluten Mm -hmm. wow that looks like a grapefruit soda pop almost yeah it's very clear very white yeah that is 
Yeah, the bubbles stick to the side, but then it seems to not be bubbling at all, which is interesting. Yeah, that is in fact a white ale, but it's got a little bit of kind of, you know, I said grapefruit because it's got a little bit of kind of pink going into it. And uh, wow, that's interesting. I don't think I've had a, I don't think I've had a beer that has looked like this. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, I can't identify the nose of it. It's pleasant. I wouldn't exactly call it floral. It's maybe a little bit citrusy. Like yes. A, kind of like a... Maybe like a, a kiwi or something? It's, I think it's a coriander. It might be messing it's, with you a bit. But. It's probably the coriander, yeah. Ah, what the? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Huh. Ah. This wow, is familiar. That It hits the tongue in an odd way. Yeah. And when I say odd, I don't know if I care for it. Got a bit of an aftertaste on it. It's Everything on it is fairly mild. There is something very reminiscent about an alcoholic drink that I've had before, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Not a watery Moscow mule. Is it like the end of a margarita? Yeah, maybe that's kind of? it. Like the, you know, the the really melted ice margarita kind of thing. I, it's hard to... Tequila. Okay, yeah. So yes, yes, the margarita. Yeah. It's got that, for me, some of that kind of tequila. Yeah, I could see having the agave notes, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that's just different. Uh, that's weird. Does it say what it's made with on yeah, here? Yeah, you know what, I've got something <clears> on Dedicated oat and gluten-free facility. Other than that... Water, millet, vegan beet sugar, hops, orange peel, whole coriander, and yeast. Okay, it's the orange peel that's giving it the uh, kind of margarita kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's hidden in there, but it, it really seems... It like goes the, away. Kind of. I kind of... It, it seems like it's just resting on the top center of my tongue, which is weird. It really... To me, it really does have that kind of like dregs of your drink flavor. Yeah. Which... That's not a great thing. You know, no. It's usually kind of like a good drink, and then you're at the end of it, and you go, well, I can I can get, there's another sip in there, but it's, hmm. Yeah. This is something interesting. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but yeah. as far as matching it up, though. Yeah, uh, Starlight White Ale, uh, or Starlight White White Ale. Yeah, that goes great with the whole um, When You Wish Upon a Star motif. Yeah. And it has a horse on it, and a uh, space scene, so... It yeah, that it matches perfectly. But the, the taste is yeah, something. Let's see what we feel after well, yeah, we a little bit later. do this. All yeah. right, please give us the credits. Power Pack issue number twenty four, July nineteen eighty six. When you wish upon a star. Credits: Writer Louis Simonson. Pencils: John Bogdanov. Inks: Bob Wycheck. Letters: Joe Rosen. Colorist: Christine Scheel. Editor: Carl Potts. Editor in chief: Jim Shooter. Featuring Power Pack. Alex Power, a.k.a. G. He's the oldest sibling. He increases or decreases the gravity of objects he touches. Billy Power, a.k.a. Lightspeed, second oldest power sibling. She flies very fast, leaving a rainbow trail behind her. Jack Power, a.k.a. Massmaster, second youngest power sibling, controls his molecular density. I don't know why I talked about their powers, because we really don't see them use their powers in this issue. No, uh... Not really. We kind of do in the most minorest of ways. Moving on, though, mm-hmm. Katie Power, who does use her powers, she's known as the Energizer. She's the youngest power sibling, and she disintegrates matter, turning it into energy, which she can expel into powerballs. Franklin Richards, a.k.a. Tattletail, he can see the future in his dreams, and he can do some astral projection. We have Kofi, the chameleon son of the diplomat, and he can teleport. Also, guest starring, Queen Maraud, evil snark queen who wants her son to be the new emperor. Jackal, the son in question, who really, really hates Power Pack. And he has been physically maimed by these meddling kids. 
Lord Yurik. He is the chameleon diplomat and father of Kofi. He used to have healing powers, not so much anymore. Because Chancellor Hadge, the snark subordinate to Queen Maraud, has taken those healing powers. We also have, back on Earth, James Power, the very distraught father of Power Pack who is looking for his lost children, and Cloak, part of Cloak and Dagger, who can teleport through a dark dimension. Whoa boy, we are in the center of it now. Yeah, this is a really thick multi-part story that has thrown these kids across the galaxy, threatened the loss of their powers, and has endangered their lives. No, I meant that we're in the center of Snark World with Katie. Son of a Tootsie Pop. I mean, yeah, you're right. At the end of last issue, she was discovered in a cavern lake by some strange creatures, who we now get to see on this splash page as they pull the lifeless body of the youngest power from the water. These are burrowers, and they're kind of cute. They are shorter than Katie, with oversized bald heads with batwing ears. Their gray bodies have longer fur on their shoulders, forearms, calves, and midsections. They have three claw-slash-fingers on their hands and feet, and an extra claw on their knees. Their speech patterns are very primitive, but they have identified Katie as important, as she might be the falling star of legend that will lead them to the light. Are you saying that she will guide them to the light, as told by legend, where the star child shines so bright? Settle down, Springsteen. They cannot stand around for long. The Snarks, or dragons as the burrows call them, arrive looking for the lost little light launcher and open fire. Shracked, shracked cow. These little guys are doing their best, but as they escape, the short fuzzy aliens are kind of bumping the critically injured child's noggin on the ground. Thump. No, Jack, stop bumping me! I'm coming! They apparently knock her head so hard that we get most of a page of a recap from the last issue. And as science tells us, the harder you knock your head, the longer your previously on flashback lasts. Eventually, the recap and the rivaling Jack's number of head trauma's journey is over. And for the low, low price of many lost brain cells, they find Lord Yurik hiding out in one of those tunnels. Now, I'm not sure how this happened. Last we saw of this guy, he was being sucked dry of his healing powers milkshake and was lying in a crystal shell. Neither he nor any narration gives us an explanation of how he escaped. Well, he has, and these dwellers know he is a healer. Was. Was a healer. Yeah. But they don't know that. Uh, they do now, he just told them. Well, sure, of course he tells them now as they try to get him to fix their star. Then why did you say they know he is a healer? Talking to you is kind of like describing a sphere. There's really no point. Yurik takes Katie into his arms and encourages Katie to tap into her chimelian power and heal herself. Wow, talk about a long con. This was hinted back in issue number five when Julie's arm healed faster than normal. But Katie doesn't want to heal herself as she thinks that she is a monster. Beyond her pain, she has a massive guilt over hurting Jackal and just wants to die. Meanwhile, miles above, home of the trapped and taunting tots. If something worked once, why not try it again? The three remaining captive kids are making faces and calling names at Jackal, hoping to rile him up so that he attacks their crystal cages again. This time, though, it's not working. Correct. Much like the Trailblazers coolly ignoring the insults of the Thunder in Game 4 of the 2019 NBA playoffs, and Damian Lillard sinking the most incredible three-point shot to cap off the Game 5, Jackal is just doing his job. Now that he has been healed up for a bit, his mind is calming down. A bit. He still is trading insults with the kids, but he is patiently waiting to be completely healed. His hand still has that deep Kentucky Fried Chicken texture, and he is still feeling some pain. Wow, a topical sports reference in a geeky podcast? Some of us take the time to keep up with a variety of newsworthy events in order to better ourselves. I'm guessing you were either bored at work, or you were somewhere without your phone's internet and there was an open newspaper around. Yeah, so? But speaking of pain, Hodge is looking very unsteady as he uses some of his stolen power on the High Snark Jackal. Murad also notices this, recognizing that in volunteering to test the power transfer device, that her subject has placed their health and sanity in jeopardy. 
So, not Shosha approved. What? Snark Oppression Health and Sanity Agency. Moving on. Hodge goes to rest with her queen's blessing, and Murad leads her son from the room, and leaving the older power siblings to sink into despair over their circumstances and to ponder how their parents are feeling about them being missing. If only there was some way that we could flash over and find out. Meanwhile in Central Park, home of the fearful, frightened, frantic, and fretful father. He ain't lying. Jim is screaming into the snowy night, looking for his lost little lambs. And suddenly, wolves approach. No, seriously, the wolves gang. You remember those losers we saw in issue 17? They were harassing the kids in what looked like pajamas on a subway train? I feel like we need those editor boxes to pop up with our references. Yeah, well, this gang of punks wander out of the woods and are not helpful. No, they are not. One of them insinuates that they may have the lost sheep, and flicking out a switchblade, say that they sure have the knives to do the shearing. This, unsurprisingly, doesn't sit well with Jim, who then yells out, No! What have you done? Where are my children? We got up kids, Pop, and need them for breakfast. Which causes Jim to grab their leader, who punches Jim in the gut, and Jim kicks the kid into the snow. Chef! The punk then yells out, Now you gots to apologize to me, man. Jim is not really in the mood for this, so he tries to take on the three guys around him. Thump. It. Whack. Goes. Whack. Poorly. Thud. Still, Jim gives it the old college try, but he ends up on the ground with his glasses broken and the head dude kneeling over him with a gun in his face, demanding an apology again. That is why the pack of wolves do not see Cloak appear behind them. Needless to say, these guys take a quick trip through the black shadowy funhouse while Cloak activates the dialogue prompt for one of his generic standardized monologues. The world is a cold place with a strong prey upon the weak, is it not? But you will find that it is not so cold as my cloak of darkness, where you will discover what it is like to be preyed upon. He then turns to Jim Power and offers to help him. You see, Cloak has a special interest in lost children, owing to the fact that he himself is one. Meanwhile in the Avengers Mansion, home of the sand slumbering super kid. A worried Frank is looking out into the night, worried about his lost friends. He has tried telling all of the adults he knows what happened, but to no avail. This is mostly due to the fact that most of the adults were his family, the Fantastic Four. And as we have said many times before, they are the worst family to have. So, in a moment of desperation, he turns off the alarm to the Avengers Mansion, opens the window to his room, and desperately calls out for help. Answering his call to the heavens is the soon-to-be-introduced star brand of the new universe, his star symbol shining bigger and brighter in the night sky as he approaches. Um, actually, that isn't star brand. That is just a cool effect that was drawn for the arrival of whom Franklin actually called out to. And whom is that? Friday who promptly showed up when one of the pack finally called. Friday believes a powered-up pup story, and after a brief smart ship sniff of the air, confirms that a snark ship was here. Gadzooks! Well, it is time for some more bad idea theater. Frank scrawls out an adorable note to his father, explaining where he's gone. But, being four and a half, he has not yet mastered those pesky letters for this important message. Instead, he draws a sun. Three stars, a circle with his impression of a snark inside, a representation of Friday, himself with an arrow pointing to the snark circle, and his name. All in all, if you know the context, a pretty succinct and informative drawing. Then he costumes on and climbs into the irresponsible smart ship who takes off into the night. Meanwhile in the caves... Home of another episode of multiple storylines. Yeah, hang on tight. Katie is still more interested in dying than trying to heal herself. Yurik tries a couple of different tactics to motivate Katie. First up, he tries calling her a coward. Wow. 
Real good motivational speech there, Mr. Ambassador. We also get some dialogue confirming that Yurik thinks very little of his son, calling him just a child, much to Katie's disgust. Yuri's next tack is to point out that if she dies, so will her siblings and many other individuals, and that it would shame Whitey. Hello, guilt, my old friend. I've come to wallow here again. I guess when he gave us his powers and told us to save our world, he meant this one too, even if it's full of crummy snarks. That's the spirit, Katie. Meanwhile, in other caves... Home of the Prancing Ponies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have a scene of Kofi running away from the gunshots on all fours, and it's kind of silly and kind of cool and kind of cute at the same time. Between that and some well-timed... Bleep. Teleports, he is just staying ahead of the lizard men. Tracked. After a glancing hit from one laser, Kofi starts to fall off a cliff, catches himself, teleports into a crack in the roof, then... Conk. Jackhammer time! Kofi knocks out a snark who is looking over the edge of the cliff form, grabs his weapon, and lays down some impressive strafing fire. Shracked, shracked, spiao, zap! This gives Kofi enough time to find another thin passage to crawl into. The snark lieutenant directs his troops to cut off the fighting foal at the passage's exit. But they are too late. Kofi makes it out of the passage and finds himself above a lake of lava. Unfortunately, the snarks are covering all of the exits, which means Kofi is trapped here. We should mention that the lava bubbles up into floating glass balls that rise up to, and breaks on, the ceiling of the cavern. Meanwhile in space... Home of the infighting space skirmishing snarks. Friday hops out of hyperspace in the midst of a space battle with hardcore snark on snark action. Cause baby, the snark wars are on. Now I'm not sure who is fighting who, but I do know that once Friday appears, the combatants forget their previous targets and all weapons become trained on our friendly neighborhood smart ship. As Frank looks out, he has one of his special daydreams and sees Kofi floating in space. Friday and Frank decide that it must be something that will happen. Friday then suggests that he should use his new astral projection type power to find Kofi and see what's going on. Friday must have been leveling up their piloting skill because they are doing an amazing job of flying and dodging the snark ships. In fact, Friday gets two of the enemy ships to crash into each other. Franklin is in a bit of a panic because he has both never used this astral projection power set on purpose before and never done it while awake. So the ever-resourceful Friday removes one of these impediments by turning on a hypnoscreen that puts Frank to sleep. Memo to self, get a smart ship that has a hypnoscreen. And then Frank appears behind Kofi, who is still laying down some excessive, if ineffectual, covering fire. And scares the forelock off that pony boy. Frank's ghost image makes a great target for the snarks, allowing Kofi a moment to breathe and talk to Mr. Tattletail. During this talk, Frank suggests that Kofi teleport up into space. Kofi really does not like this idea. You know, because he will, like, die and everything? Because space? <sighs> you know, it's negative thinking like that that keeps you from reaching your full potential. You mean, like, living? Exactly! Meanwhile, Miles Below... Home of the Arguing Actors. And before we start, I should point out that my comic book and the digital comic have pages 18 and 19 in the wrong order. Took me a moment to figure it out, but with the order sorted in my head, we see Katie glowing with purple bubbles as she is willing herself to heal. And while it seems to slowly be working, she is questioning why Whitey did not use this to save himself. My nephew survived long enough to transfer his powers to you. You owe it to him to use them. Hey, Newt Horsey, first, you did not answer her question, and second, why you gotta be a jerk? Katie calls him out on his non-supportive answers and even goes so far as to say she hates him. Her hate seems to be fueling her healing power. So hate may lead to the dark side, but it also leads to feeding your health meter. Good to know. 
This is all well and good, but the Snark Redshirt search party is zeroing in on this band of rebels. And the loud bickering ambassador and superchild are not helping them hide. Yeah, the cabin dwellers are really getting annoyed at Yurik, but they finally convince the two interlopers that they gotta move. And as Katie starts to expand a hole for them to escape, Yurik begins his pity ploy. We will summarize. Woe is me. Woe is me. My powers are gone, and I'm old and whiny. Leave me. Sigh. Yep, that's about right. But Katie ain't taking it. I didn't know Kofi's dad was a coward. Yep, that figurative slap across the face motivates the Chimelion, and luckily, they have time to escape before the Snarks break into their hidden hatch. Meanwhile, on the swerving ship, home of the sleeping superhero. Friday continues to duck and weave while Franklin sleeps. His astral form is still convincing Kofi to trust him and teleport into space. I mean, Frank dreamed where he will be, so it should be fine. Right? Right? Right. Right. Kofi really does not like this idea, but as the snarks pursuing him start to use their big ol' reptilian grasshopper legs to jump over the lava to capture him, he decides that he has to take a gamble. But this smart horse, he has an idea. He teleports into one of the floating glass lava spheres, then teleports it, and him, into space. His excitement at making it into space is quickly replaced by sheer abject terror as Friday zooms by him, and the space battle rages around him. Luckily, Frank spies the floating bobble and directs Friday to circle back. Kofi focuses on the returning ship and teleports out and into Friday as lasers destroy the glass sphere. Tracked. And a relieved Frank and Kofi embrace as Friday gets the heck out of Dodge and this battle. And meanwhile in a lab on Snark World... Home of the formerly fighting but currently captured kids. Don't you remember that there were three other kids in this book? Uh, vaguely. Well, while admiring her collection of power pack filled crystals, nearly a complete set with just a bit of foxing around the edges, Murad informs Jackal that she is sorry for having to subject her still injured son to this transfer of powers before he's healed. Jackal is ready. And the kids just don't want this to happen. Yeah, but they're still captured, so they can't do a gosh darn thing about it. Uh, except yell. Actually, Julie points out that the Chancellor has not been looking well since she stole the healing powers from Yurik. Speaking of which, where is Hadge? I am glad you asked. Meanwhile, in the Emperor's bath chamber... Home of the... Yeah, I walked into that one. Jokes. A really sick-looking Hodge fights her way into the bath chamber, and the Emperor, surprised, asks if Hodge has come here to finish him off. And? And what? Well, does she? I don't know, cause meanwhile back in Murad's lab, home of the fool me twice jokes. We see Jackal getting into the receiving crystal and Murad readying the controls. They're done waiting for Hodge to get back or the snark hunting party to come back with Katie. Yep, it's time to Frankenstein this situation up. And with a twist of a dial and a flick of a switch, we see the anguished faces of Alex, Julie, and Jack. No, no, this can't be happening. And it's nothing compared to what's coming next. The 25th anniversary double-sized ending to the Snark Wars, in which everyone loses his powers and finds some new ones. You'll hate yourself if you miss it. Next issue, Power Trip. So let's talk about this Power Pack packaging. Mm -hmm. We have Power Pack 24 with the 20 Marvel 25th anniversary logo in the box and all four Power Pack children and Franklin Richards in the... We have... Franklin and Kofi up on a ledge as three snarks are crawling up the wall towards them. And they're looking very frayed. And you know who's looking angry? It's uh, Cloak, who's down in the bottom bubble corner. because Yeah, he's trapped um, in a uh, lava guess, bubble. Because guest cameo by Cloak, you know, continuing on the fine, fine tradition of, <laughs> of announcing that we we're going to have a guest star on an issue. 
that they only appear in three panels, but we give them valuable real estate yeah. on the front cover. Well, the cloak was he in three or two panels? Not much. Yeah. But we have this. Uh, I, I really like this. This is drawn by Bog and Bob. That's uh, John Bogdanov and Bob Wyacek. So I like that Bog and Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot easier to say than either one of their names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's an interesting choice for this issue. But it makes sense. I mean, Kofi and Franklin do appear the most in this issue. Mm-hmm. They're is, on a cliffside. They are being attacked yeah. by snarks. Snarks I mean, eventually do climb over to Kofi, but it's after Frank goes. But right, and, and you know Frank has no reason to be afraid in this because you know he's not really there. Yeah, but it's I know he, I, it's great in the issue. He get uh, yeah in the comic he gets shot. Yeah, and Kofi's like, oh, are you a ghost? And he's like, no, I'm just streaming, man. It ain't a thing. I think though, now that I think about it. We've had a couple of issues before now, which it's only been one or two kids on the cover. Mm-hmm. This is the first one where none of the power children are yeah. on the cover. Yeah. It's only Franklin. I mean, we still have a power pack member, but it's only Franklin. Well, there's a reason for that, though, too. And it's sure. because there's about eight different storylines going on in this, uh, what, 24-page comic. So... <laughs> Well, let's get into some of those mm-hmm. storylines. Like, we'll start off with Jim getting mugged. Oh, well, hold on. What do you, uh, The cover, what do we think? Do we think it uh, tied in well to the issue? We think it, it fit oh, I, the mood? I think, I think it ties very well into no, the issue. It was, I mean, it was the, almost cut from, uh, right. from a thing. It's just like, if you put a panel on top of another panel, a previous panel, then you'd have this, uh, right. yeah, you'd have this cover. You're right that there are so many different storylines. It's, it's another step into what the final act of yeah. this entire thing is going to be. But there's so many things going on. That's kind of one of the bigger through lines. It's really uh, the escape of the fantastic voyage, if you will, mm-hmm, of Kofi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, getting out from the planet into the spaceship. So, yeah, I think it's a good... good. Oh, I think it's great. It's a good-looking cover. Yeah. It's a good-looking cover, and it is uh, very, very indicative of what goes on in the issue, or a part of the issue. Yes, yes, yes. Getting into the issue, uh, let's talk about Jim getting mugged. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Sucks. And I, I also think that it's, it's another one of these moments in the comic book that reminds us that, yes, we have d- these superpowered beings that are going around and doing all these things, but then we have a real human thing mm-hmm. happening where a father who is kind of throwing caution to win and going out into Central Park at night and coming across a gang of guys and you're not being as scared of them, just, yeah. you know, he wants to know where his yeah, children are. Kids? And then he just gets owned yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah he uh he, he he will say he does okay for a bit but he does okay for a scientist he, and uh yeah he he, makes there's a bunch one, of them he makes one good kick yeah right at the beginning and right. then he kind of gets thumped down yeah yeah but that's, that's yeah it just sucks i mean think about what's going on with him right now it's kind of like hey my wife almost died she's in the hospital she's recovering but she's still in the hospital now all my kids are missing uh, and I have to tell my wife about it. And I have it. to tell my wife, who's, again, in the hospital, I am frantic. And it doesn't help that, you know, in the previous one, when the cops came to ask him questions about what was going on, he gets to hear them when they're leaving going, well, probably something bad happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this is a story that's not going to end well for this guy. Yeah. Poor sucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, I do like this, though. I do like the fact that we touch in on it and they kind of keep it fresh. Oh, it's yeah, just, it really does. It we're, not it gonna, the, we're not going to forget about the effect of the kids being gone on, on the, the family. family. Yeah, and the kids even mentioned that. They, they mentioned that uh, a couple of times. They mentioned in the previous issue as well where they're like, oh, man, you know, mom and dad are going to be worried because they know that we're going to be gone now. We can't just brush this off. We, right. You know, we're not beating him home for the hospital. He's going to get home. Right. It's been a while. To cap off Jim being mugged, he does you get know, saved. it wasn't even a mugging. It was just a... Beatdown. Yeah, it was a beatdown. It was, it was punks oh, being I'm, jerks. I'm sure that if, if the scene continued a little bit 
little bit while longer. Jim would probably have, get mugged. Yeah, too, Jim yeah. would have lost all of his stuff. I yeah. mean, they were coming out to mug him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, here's an old guy out where he shouldn't be. We're going to take his money. But thankfully, we have Cloak appearing. Mm-hmm. Without Dagger, which is weird. Yeah, that really is. Because he's pretty much a latchkey kid to her. It, it is kind of nice seeing them separated. I know that there have been times in the comics history where they do get separated and do their own ways. But they always work better as a team. Mm-hmm. But still, they, they've got you know they've got him coming, saving Jim. Oh, your kids are missing? Well, I'm going to help find him. I don't think that... I, I don't know if he realizes yet that this is it's Jim Powers. Powers kid. yeah. Powers like, kids. I, they, <laughs> they're not really clear with it. I mean, they do know his name. Mm-hmm. They might put it together between here and there, but I don't know if they... Yeah. You know what's going to be amazing is if, like, Jim takes him back to the his, their apartment to show him, like, pictures of what his kids look like and stuff, and he's all, oh. He's like, wait, you live... <laughs> wait, are you Jim Power? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because... It's like, yeah, I, I know wonder, your kids. I had Thanksgiving here. <laughs> I wonder how much information he gives him because I know mm-hmm. next issue, he's going to run into Dagger and Dagger's going to mention that, you know, Cloak told told her. But I, they must have their pictures. Something, yeah. Something, I, yeah. yeah. I haven't I haven't uh, read the next issue yet. Spoilers. I mean, you know, I did tens of years ago. But well, you got to get on that. We're going to be recording it next week. I know. Everything keeps on piling up. <laughs> What are you going to do? Read comics. Read That's a comic. what I'm going to do. Well, we got a lot of first in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the first verification of the healing power. Yeah. Where, which it's kind of been hinted at before with like, oh, well, you know, Julie healed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's kind of weird. And But now we actually know that... It is, in fact, a, a thing. It's a thing. And a thing that they can activate. So it right. is... Um, it is an actual power. It's yep. it's it's all it's a uh, yeah, and we get to find out that it is both an active power and a passive power, which is kind of interesting and useful. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We also see the first cognitive use of Frank and his projection powers, mm-hmm. which really gets to his name of being Tattletail mm-hmm. because he can actually go and appear and sneak and look on people yep. instead of just having these random. Yeah, it becomes an at will thing, right? And as it goes through, we'll see like he gets better and better about putting himself to sleep mm-hmm. and using the power. And this is kind of what I remember, because this is when I was collecting comics, originally collecting comics, and seeing his power used here. It's kind of like, I just thought he always had this power. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of when he first starts to get it and use it. Do you have any other first? Yeah, and there's also the first of uh, Kofi teleporting up into space. Yes. And he even says in the issue that... Uh, that's the farthest teleport in uh, known chameleon history. And he keeps pushing his own use of tele. Yeah, he does. And, and this is a way that he uses his power. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I've never done it before. Try. Hey, I did hey, that it. that totally worked. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he could have used his powers even better yes. in this issue. Just, you know, where it's like, yeah, he was doing great. But it was, there was like, if you do this, you got it made. Oh, you're being attacked by snarks. Yeah, you can you can get away from you can do some stuff. Yeah, but but I still like him though. I mean, well, he's I, great. I, Kofi's he, great. He's, he's a great character. He's mm-hmm. really fun actually being there, and uh, I think he's I like him being on the team. I like seeing him do things. Yeah, it's neat to have him back. It's great to have Friday back. It's great. Yeah, Friday's really leveled up. There's some first. She's being attacked by you know lots of snark attacks and dodging most of them and having them fly into each other as opposed to like in issue number one where it's like snarks. Yeah, I'm dodging for a bit, and now I'm getting shot out of the sky. Well, you know, that was, you know, she was level three then. Yeah, you know, okay, I think she'd yeah. probably she's, get up to level eight levels. or nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so she's pretty doing pretty good. She got that uh, uh, smart ship evasion feat. <laughs> Taking half or half or none. I don't know if this is the first time Franklin's been in space. I'm pretty sure that he It is. Is? I want to say definitively. I, I want to say I, that it is, but also he's with the Fantastic Four. I, I don't know what they've that. done. I doubt that highly. I think that I think that his parents have taken the space. I'd be surprised they abandoned him at home a lot. 
Yeah, but I mean, he's been in the in the Baxter building. I think the Baxter building has gone into space a few times with him in it. So all right, but we'll say that maybe, he has. But I would inter- like to say that it's his first it's, time. It's his first time going to uh, uh, Snark World. Well, yes, yes, it is. There's another first. <laughs> first time for uh, Katie falling into a big old cavern. First time for first the time powers to be successful. First time we get introduced to the the burrowers, yeah. cave dwellers. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of firsts in this. A lot of firsts. But uh, apparently, apparently, it's not Franklin's uh, first time writing a note to his parents. No. <laughs> but it is adorable. Oh, it is the best note. And like we said in the script, it is literally, if you know the context of it, it makes so much sense. Yes. And it it's you know one of the things I remember from this issue. I remember that note. That's one thing I remember of reading this issue a long time ago is that note. I remember that the lava bubbles. Oh yeah, yeah, that's I, yeah, what stuck in my head. I did that, that one did not, but the the note that one definitely stuck in my head. I like that note. Oh, and uh, uh, Jackal's claw hand. I remember that. Oh, I remember that throughout the entire mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't go away at all. Yeah, we've done this before, and I think Wheezy is pretty good about this of doing a lot of different storylines and bouncing around a lot, mm-hmm. and really utilizing us saying meanwhile a lot. Yeah, I mean she's really good about that. Yeah, she's great at meanwhileing us, <laughs> or if not meanwhile while kind of thing yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time i think it does work oh it does i think there's good pacing on it mm-hmm. um and it all, doesn't it doesn't take away from the other storylines either no for the most no part. i think it i think it helps flow in, and it makes the book seem a lot more than it is i mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of material that's in this one there's a lot of material there in the is. next one too mm-hmm. i i do find it interesting though that even with the plotting and everything that's in here that Pages 18 and 19 are in the wrong order. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that is another thing that I remembered. Uh, I remembered that I remembered. Because, you know, <laughs> like, however many, you know, whatever, 25, 30 years ago or something, I recall being confused by that. And then uh, going, oh, this one? You know, and anytime I'd reread them, I'd be like, okay, I got to flop pages here. Well, what's interesting is that they're, they're in the book, they're facing pages. Okay, so, yeah, so it's easy enough so, to go. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, And it's interesting because both page starts off with a small panel yeah. of Katie looking yeah. angry. Which is probably why yeah. it got flipped in the books is uh, simply due to the fact that it was kind of like, okay, here's our, yeah, that one. Yeah. And it's like, and it's the same, but it's different, buddies. I just have also found it interesting that they never fixed that in Marvel Unlimited. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, Who knows? Well, a lot of stuff slips through there. So yeah, it's just it's one of those little things that I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense once you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it still kind of works. You're like, eh, it kind of jumps to eh, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's better when you go, oh, 19, oh. then 18, then 20. There we go. That's that's the way it should work. So if you're looking at this in Marvel Limited, keep that in mind. That's mm-hmm. that's our nice helpful hint to you, the gentle listener. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never say we're not helpful. I dare you to say we're not helpful. Actually, do or don't, whatever. We, we pretty much unhelpful, <laughs> especially tonight. We yeah. were, it's just a cavalcade of errors tonight. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, okay, okay, okay. What is our no prize for how Yurik got into the caverns? Okay, do you have uh, an idea? Not a clue. Okay, so I have kind of two theories on it. I could see it as uh, his crystal got broken as well, sure. or he, you know, or he just snuck away after they drained him, and they're like, "Ha, ah, we've got this," and he like snuck away, yeah, and escaped into the caverns. But I could also see it very much as they suck him dry, and they just go, "You're useless to us now." Down the garbage chute. Couple of problems with that though is that. I don't see the Snarks doing that. Yeah. I don't see the Snarks doing that at all. I could see him escaping, but I can't see him running down to that tunnel without them saying, oh, we need to get back, so we'll just turn around and go back the way mm. we came. 
it, it's very strange and like they just don't he's just in there oh doppelganger yeah he's a doppelganger no yeah. um i'm gonna go ahead and say Gain the party's trust and then he's gonna backstab him when they uh, least expect it I, i'm gonna say errant wormhole errant wormhole okay oh yeah yeah oh my goodness you know what happened what he fell into a plot hole yeah. plot hole yeah plot hole those things are rampant sometimes sometimes they really are yeah it's just that you know we don't see them that often in this book because this book's pretty tight yeah it is for the most part really really tight but yeah. plot hole was found yeah and the whiny horse called Yurik went through it. <laughs> he's i can i understand why uh kofi's kind of like my dad because yeah <laughs> yeah your dad's a little bit of a jerk yeah because we're kind of like kofi's dad he is not the most helpful person in the world. No. I don't even think when he's talking to Katie and stuff that he's like using a ploy. I think that's just how he is. I don't think he's like, you know, if I get her angry, she'll heal up. I know that about my species. No, he's just like, you're a coward. Yeah. And, and I, I, you're not going to heal yourself, coward. I think he's also jumping on the good old bandwagon of, you know what? The only way I'm really going to get out of here is if I use her. So I'm going to make her heal herself and then, you know, she can help me get out of here. But then, then he wants to lay down and die later on. So really quickly again, I think he, he has concerns for people. He really does. Like when he sees that the borough is bringing, he better cause he's an ambassador. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> well, maybe he's not a really good one, which is why he's stuffed over on snark world. I think he's you know a I mean. little appointment myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah uh, it's kind of like when he sees katie and it's like oh my goodness it's it's katie she you know is oh my whatever brother's powers went to her, oh all this stuff and it's like so he is like oh w concerned and katie you've got to heal yourself i don't want to i want to die well then you suck and nobody wants you to heal die then <laughs> or heal get better coward it's like ah, you have a terrible bedside manner and then when she's all kofi always doesn't like you because he says that you're basically a jerk and he's all who cares he's a kid it's like ah good good family man there buddy thus i keep calling him nude horsey yeah nude horsey <laughs> yeah I am going to do a very tiny literature corner on this one, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is the best reason why you shouldn't do something. I have a little something here. Uh, in the Snark Wars, it is very difficult to find a good literary reference, because it's just a lot of good old comic book action. Mm -hmm. Nothing really comes out, but I, I did see one thing that I thought was kind of funny. When the wolves are beating up Jim, mm -hmm. they make a lot of allusions to... Little Bo Peep, who lost her sheep. Yeah. So I decided to just kind of dig a little bit down that rabbit hole and, and find out a little bit of background information. There is a version of Little Bo Peep by somebody named Kronheim, which is a classic short story version of the popular nursery rhyme, in which Peep gets help from a princess trapped as an owl and some elves to recover her flock. It was published in My First Picture Book, printed in colors by Kronheim in 1875, and there is an alternate version of the story by L. Frank Baum. You know... Who Al Frank Baum is, right? Uh, why don't you tell Wizard me? Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. All right. The amount of stuff I don't know will shock you, or not, not really, because not you've really. heard, you've talked to me before. I've talked you to know. you. Yeah. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for somebody who doesn't know something. I know a guy. <laughs> you might enjoy reading the original Mother Goose's nursery rhyme, "Little Bo Peep," which everybody knows, mm -hmm. or at least the first stanza. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, I decided to just do a, a tiny little one this time because oh, because I've got something a little bit better for next time. Okay, but no, uh, 1875, that's been around for a little bit of time. And that was just that book, which oh. is based upon the nursery rhyme, which doesn't really have a real place where they can see where it came from. Huh, okay. But I can always do a little more research on that, but oh. that's all I'm going to do this time because, like I said, not feeling great. <laughs> I don't want to. Don't want to. But I'm feeling well enough to say, Jeff, what do you got in your test tube, buddy? Mm-hmm. I've got a science corner in my test tube, and it's percolating up some information. In this issue, Kofi escaped the snarks that were hunting him by teleporting inside of a floating glass lava bubble and teleporting into space. So, was this a good idea, and would it work? Initial bad idea portions of it include the fact that it would be lava temperature hot and filled with who knows what kind of nasty gases. Well, let's say that these problems got dealt with via teleportation. Kofi brings good air with them, and space cooling the bubble. Well, would his glass bubble survive long enough for him to be rescued? The innermost pane of the space shuttle window is constructed of tempered aluminosilicate glass to withstand the crew compartment pressure and is about half an inch thick. So we know some kinds of glass can handle the pressure, and maybe this glass is one of them. The biggest worry is the air inside of the bubble in the vacuum of space. Let's use a common balloon to demonstrate why. When you blow up a balloon on Earth, the air pushed into the balloon is at a higher pressure than the air that surrounds it. This greater pressure is what inflates the balloon in the first place. As more atmospheric air is pushed into the restricted place, the number of collisions between air molecules will increase, thus creating more pressure and pushing the walls of the balloon outwards. On Earth, when you blow up a balloon past a certain point, it will pop because the molecules of the latex have limited elasticity and will eventually succumb to the pressure of the air inside. That is the moment when the balloon blows up in your face. However, in space, there is no external air pressure pushing back on every surface of the balloon, so when a person blows air into the balloon itself, that air has nothing to hold it in except for the rubber walls. The air molecules in a balloon in space would expand at an extremely rapid rate, quickly pushing the rubber walls past their elasticity limits, causing the balloon to explode. In fact, as soon as you took an inflated balloon from the pressurized cabin of a spaceship, it would take less than a second for the pressurized air inside of the balloon to expand and explode. The air molecules inside the balloon would be moving at roughly the speed of sound or even slightly faster as it escaped the confines of the balloon. So, would Kofi's idea work in the real world? I'm going to say maybe. He wasn't in it for very long, and during that time the glass did start to crack, so we know that it would eventually have failed, but it did give him just enough time to teleport to safety. So, all in all, I'm going to say that it was a good idea, and that it made a great temporary stopgap until he could teleport into Friday. And that is Science Corner. But I have a question for you, Jeff. I may have answers. In space, can anybody hear you whinny? Uh depends on if you have atmospheric conditions and oxygen if you are in space proper and nothing is around you then no because there's no atmosphere to uh, transport the sound waves but if say if you are in a glass bubble or a space station or a smart ship and whinnying then yes the people inside of it could hear you but the people outside in space could not so mostly you're just saying nay that's what you were trying to go for i know pretty much yeah <laughs> i just wanted to ruin your joke and make it last as long as possible with some science I still, wanna, like wanna... I still like my <laughs> no, joke. I still one. like my joke. My joke was better than <laughs> than your attempt to not have my joke. <laughs> only one guy gets dad jokes here, and that's this guy. <laughs> and that guy. Both of us. Okay, only two people get to dad joke here. I had a dad joke all the time. <laughs> and the best thing about my dad jokes, I get two groans, whereas right now you just get one groan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you Wait have till t- you have an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right now I just get...
<laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, and that's what Hillary sounds like. But what about your daughter? Oh, she's very eloquent. She's uh. all, oh, father, your jests and japes do not amuse. <laughs> that sounds more like your cat. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what else can we talk about about your family? American about- lawyer. I was going to talk about the refrigerator. Oh, let's talk about that. What <laughs> should we put on the refrigerator? That currently, is a fantastic question. Currently on mine, it's one of those uh, alphabet singing devices where you put a magnetized letter on there and it tells you what letter is and sings a song about it. Well, I think I would like to put on a couple of funny joke things. Ooh, we could possibly do that. I actually brought my comic book as opposed to Jeff, who didn't bring his comic book to his own house. It's in the house. I don't know where it is because of the remodel. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and tell you my backup joke, and that's on page 16, and I'm calling it, Is Franklin Drunk? Oh, (laughs) yeah, that bottom right panel is a great one. In fact, uh, that is actually uh, my backup favorite art one. It's a picture of Franklin, and he's being put to sleep by the hypnotic uh, monitor. And he's leaning back on the main chair inside Friday, and his eyes are getting really heavy. And he looks like he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, th- for my, it's not a backup joke, my actual backup mm-hmm. art. I, I call that one, I'm not sleepy. <laughs> I like mine better. <laughs> yeah, yours is pretty great. All right. It, it, that is a good look for that is like you've seen a kid when they're starting to drift and that is that face. It is wonderful. What tell me about tell me a funny one for yourself. Okay. okay. My joke backup one is on page 5. I call it every kid at every window ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this one the kids making faces. Yep, yep, it is the uh uh second down panel and it is the uh, you know it's julie alex and jack trapped in their crystal cages and it is uh you know they're in there and they're making fun of jackal and they're making faces and sticking out their tongues and you know making the piggy nose and all that stuff and you know and just trying to taunt uh taunt and torment jackal so they attack so that he attacks the crystals and yeah i'm just like yeah that's uh, that's literally every kid i think i've ever seen in a play glass window so <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. Our our backup funny ones are yeah. our backup uh, art ones. My funny one, another funny one I had was on page two, and mm-hmm. it's the bottom. And I call this one, let's just drag her across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, those burrowers are pretty great. Yeah, the burrowers are just, are, they're running through this tunnel, and they're just pulling Katie, and they're thumping her head across mm-hmm, the ground, mm-hmm. which can't be good. No, that is a, kind of a cruddy rescue. But at the same <laughs> time, they're smaller than Katie, so you know, there's two of them, and they're doing their best in tight confines. And so I would kind of fully expect them to bash her around a little bit. Can we just say that John Boggs' uh, artwork is fantastic throughout this entire it's, book, though? It is good. It is really good. He does really good on backgrounds. He really fills in the entire scene, and mm-hmm. you get... The, the emptiness of space and the close confines of the caverns all at once. It's a little less detail-oriented, though. It's a little kind of broad brushstrokes, but it looks really good. I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I know Brent Anderson definitely has more detail, mm-hmm. but he's got more detail than anybody. Yeah. But I think it's quite comparable to uh, June Brigman's. Okay. What is your uh, favorite one? My favorite joke is on page 11. <laughs> and I call it... I fought in your general direction. And it is in the bottom right-hand corner, and it is uh, the panel where Kofi is running away from the snark shooting lasers at him, and he's uh, doing the all four runs, but he's looking back over his shoulder, and his 
his flanks will say are right up in the air as he's as he's four leg running away and it doesn't help that his thought balloon kind of <laughs> kind of is, is positioned back that way as well and above that thought balloon is a laser sound which says shracked <laughs> which who knows what that might represent <laughs> wow <laughs> i can't look at that scene, so, that scene any differently now. <laughs> so yeah the thought bubble coming out of his out of his flanks and the laser shracked coming out of his flanks as well doesn't uh <laughs> ergo my name for it you know if you guys want to see this too we are going to have this up on our website we yep. highly recommend you check it out uh, jeff from wordpress.com all of you know all these uh, pictures we talk about we always put them up there so you can always check them out i'm also going to put up the picture of uh that franklin drew for his family too which you should it's yeah. fantastic but let's talk about our top ones okay well you already know what my backup one is which was your joke backup one and i know what your backup one is because it was my joke backup one that was very complicated mm-hmm. i like that a lot um if we go to page five mm-hmm. and the scene with jackal on page five mm-hmm. it's he's angry and he's holding up his withered burnt hand that katie kind of demolished at the end of last issue yeah and it it, uh, you can see the sinew you can see it just blackened it does not look healthy Mm -hmm. it's just a vicious vicious picture i love that picture so do i what did you call it for your first place (laughs) i just called it jackal okay mine is the claw yeah it's a great bit we we could also we could also accept it um I got your Kentucky Fried Chicken right here. Yeah. You could also call it burnt offerings. Burnt offerings. Yeah. The, we got the top. We tied on a lot we, of yeah. stuff here. I'm yeah. not to say that there isn't any good pictures. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there's some here. great stuff. I was looking at. Um, uh, yeah, some of the lava bubbles was pretty great. Um, yeah, there there was a lot of neat stuff in here. But let's talk about some other funny stuff. Let's mm-hmm. talk about some good insults. Hmm. So tell me about. Your backup insults. My backup is on page 13, and it is uh, after he's running away from the snarks, and the snarks are chasing him, and he goes into a really thin cavern, the little passage where they're going to, you know, eventually they're going to try and cut him off, and the snarks are, you know, saying, go after him, get in that cavern kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And Kofi uh, yells back at the snarks, yeah, come on, stupid. I'd just love to see you get your fat tails stuck in here. (laughs) So you get a yeah, stupid, and And fat fat tails. tails. And I thought that was pretty great. Because there's nothing like, you know, mocking somebody who's got energy guns. <laughs> My backup is on page five, and you we've already mentioned the scene, but it's all of the taunts oh, that are coming from the kids. Oh, you are looking at my first place. Yeah, we can't beat it. I mean, we mm-hmm. got so yeah, we got a lot of good things here. We got Jack saying, Mama's boy, mama's boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Alex, you hear something? Yeah, it's the wind blowing through Jackal's empty skull. Yep, that one right there is my first place. Yeah, that's my first place bet. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a great insult. All of the insults going on, mm-hmm. on that page. Those are, see, I did not choose that for my top one. My top one was on page eighteen. Mm. It's where Katie says, "I didn't know Kofi's dad was a coward." Oh yeah, I like that one oh, because it's great. just it's her just. Mm-hmm. Right Queen, there. Queen Maraud had a good one with her her son too when he's like I might just kill the power kids and she's like cease the ravings of this troubled and unstable mind kind of thing and I'm all yeah, yeah that's a nice one that's a good honorable mention mm-hmm. one there let's move on to our 
favorite part where we talk about stars and detention. Mm -hmm. What are stars and detention, Jeff? Uh, stars are the kids that were the best in the issue, and detention were the kids that were the worst in the issue. I seriously couldn't have said it better myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who is, uh, who is your detention kid? My detention kid this time is Katie. I was close on that. I fully understand why. Yeah. I, I, I can't really choose the three that are captured because they're doing their best. I, I can't choose Kofi because he was my ch second choice for best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to go with Katie, who really just wanted to die, mm -hmm. and it's only because she was paired with an even worse person that she didn't <laughs> that she did anything. The reason why she isn't my worst is because she actually did help uh, Yurik escape because yeah, she and, disintegrated some cavern. Sure, sure. So that was why she was not my worst. Yeah, and, and she did something, but I just I, I kind of was like, oh. Katie. She was again really, yeah. really, really close to being my right. detention kid. Right. My detention kid is Alex. Okay. Yeah, and that it was simply... Uh, I know they were trapped in their cells, yeah. so they couldn't do much of anything. But Alex gave up first of saying, this is dumb, it's not going to work. And then followed by Julie, who gave up, and then followed by Jack. At the same time, I... But they were trapped in there, but yeah, so they were doing the best they could, but it was just the aspect that it was kind of, Sir does not appear in this issue, and he gave up in the in the cells first. He never tried to, like, rally hope. I, I don't really have... A, I don't really see that as a problem, though, because... It seemed kind of logical. It's like, okay, we tried this. It's just not working. Mm -hmm. Let's think of something else. Yeah, but they don't try and think of anything yeah, else. He's just like, this isn't going to work. And he was kind of like, I'm just going to sit in my cell and hope something else happens. I kind of can see it. I mm -hmm. just... I just Again, Katie, excellent choice. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going for off of yeah. what, you know, what they did. And being trapped in a cell, I know it kind of sucks. But that you know, kind of weighed a factor in as well. I kind of tip my hand a little bit about my, who, who my best who one favorite is, but is. Who's your favorite? My favorite is Kofi. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. He, fair he enough. was an action star. He was great. He was running. Uh, he was fighting snarks. He mm -hmm. was doing stuff. He did the brave thing and took it on. You know, he took the leap of faith and uh, got in a goober and teleported up into space. I, I got to tell you, I. I, he was my second choice because my other one was Franklin. Franklin. Franklin was. I was going with Franklin for quite a little while until I started. I re looked at the issue and I was like, I'm going with Kofi. The, the reason I went with Franklin over Kofi is that he did that extra little bit of being Jiminy Cricket on Kofi's shoulder. Oh yeah. And I think that Kofi wouldn't have done half the cool stuff he did if it wasn't Franklin saying poke, 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 maybe, poke. poke. Maybe, but uh, the only thing that Co uh, that Franklin told Kofi to do was teleport into space. Kofi might have tried to teleport up as high as he could anyway, and then wound up in space. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah. it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. I, I think either one is a good choice, though. There was um, also the aspect uh, Franklin called Friday. Franklin, Franklin went matters, into space. He I, took matters into he, his own hand. That is exactly yeah. what I have here. Taking matters into his own, own hands. Yeah. Bam. So, yeah. I also like the fact that uh, Kofi, you know, after he gets, you know, meets up with Franklin in, in Friday, is telling him, it's like, your powers are wonderful. And Franklin's like, what? No, because they scare my parents. And he's like, no, you have wonderful powers. You're, you know, basically saying, you don't have a problem. You're great. So, right. I just, I, they both were really good. Yeah, I liked they were both, them both, they were really, they were neck and neck for me, but I, I just ran, uh, ran Kofi as my top guy. So, yeah. Well, I think you just have a, have a love affair with horses. Love me some ponies. Yeah. Mm hmm. But um, I have no segue. <laughs> G-Force, my friend. G-Force. G-Force. We have yet again experienced zero G-Force, which you will experience much like Kofi in a glass bubble in space. <laughs> and our G-Average is 
uh, 1.16 bar repeating, and that is still uh, approaching the surface gravity of Neptune. And that G total stays and remains at 28, which is the surface gravity of the sun, our sun. So there you go. There is a little bit of G-force count and what it's going on. And I, I don't think we've, we've been really clear on it because we've kind of been breezing by it. But once again, what we're doing there is we're trying to count the number of Gs Alex drops during the comic. Yeah, because he started, like, the first handful of issues, I think the first one he dropped eight. And, you know, and then he, you know, G, it was his catchphrase, and it was going more and more. And then he just, people were saying his name, but he wasn't saying his catchphrase. And he very rarely is saying it now. Yeah, we, like I said, like I said, we may, we may have to phase this out. Maybe. It might, we'll find out. We'll find out. But for now. Let's talk about top grades. Mm-hmm. We want to evaluate this issue against other stories with Power Pack in it. We have 26 stories on here. Mm-hmm. All the way from Power Pack 19 to Thor number 363. Mm-hmm. The last issue was missing. And this is part of a, tr- uh, part of a good storyline. So let's see how we, how we rated against missing. We've got missing kind of in the middle of the packet, issue number 16. Once again, it's not a bad issue at all. It's no, just it's, that yeah. it's, a, it's, it's setting things up. This is furthering the adventure. Yeah. Do we find that this is better than the last issue? Or I think they're very comparable. They're comparable. I would put them next to each other. Okay. I would say that I think that this, it, we're getting more into the meat of things. Mm-hmm. And there's more storylines up in the air. And I like the way that even though there's a lot of storylines, a lot of things happening, we have... We have three main storylines going on because mm-hmm. we have the kids trapped in the crystals. We have Katie um, down in the caverns with Yurik, and then we have Kofi and Franklin. Yeah. And of course, we've got you know the other story with their dad. Yeah, the stuff with the dad, yeah. the stuff with Hadge, the stuff with the Emperor. Right, those are all off yeah. the side too. But we got those three main storylines, and we can keep track of them very well through the mm-hmm. issue. There's a lot in here with only the regular page count of a normal comic. Yeah, there really is. So I want to say that this is probably better. Yep, I'd agree. I'm actually fine with going up a little bit further because I think really? that this does. I think this does a little bit more. It's comparable, but I think that at the same time it does a lot with keeping a lot of things going on. Hmm. How high up would you put it? Because um, I would think I would just put it right above it. The action is building up so much that I'm willing to go up and say that this is a lot like Snark Attack, where they first hmm. faced hmm. Jackal. Okay, I could see that, but I like that one better. Would you like that one? Oh, you like that one better? Would you go below it? I yeah. Well, if I yeah, if I like that one better, I, I would go somewhere in between. Yeah, uh, missing and snark attack. Uh, I don't know where I put it in there because honestly, I, I think it should go like just above uh, missing. But uh, you know what? Uh, trapped kind of was the 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 snow issue mm-hmm. where kind of the prequel to this. How about right below there? Right below there works. Okay. Okay. We'll put it under as trapped. So this is going to be the new number 10. There you go. And Oops. I'm going oh. to go ahead and call this right now, but I think uh, next week we get a real top shooter going on. You think so? Well, I we'll so. find out when we uh, review that one. So now let's talk about ranking our beer. How many Powerballs would we give Starlight White Ale? What what are your thoughts on it? I know I know at the beginning we talked about it kind of a little bit because it is it is different. It is different than what we've normally been drinking. Yes. The taste hasn't grown on me. No. I don't think the taste ever will grow on me. Not really. It's uh, grapefruity. It's got that aguava taste in there. Yeah. It kind of goes away on my tongue, but there feels like there's kind of a chemical thing there. Yeah, uh the taste like with all things, the taste does fade. 
but it fades it, fast, but it leaves something else there. Days, and it's kind of a. We're not doing. I good. don't know. We yeah, are not doing very good at, at describing this, but um. Yeah, we're not doing it justice, and I want to say it leaves an old battery taste on my tongue, yeah. which is kind of a terrible descriptor for it. But I, that's kind of what I feel with it. I'm gonna go ahead and say two. Two? Yeah, I could go for a two on this. I was I thinking mean, two and a half because, but then it's, uh, there's been a couple that I've kind of reviewed where I'm like, oh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. There was the one that had the uh, we had a burning tire. The burning tire that was one, but then there was one before it that was the it was the what was it the figs or something? But that I was like, yeah, I'll give it a two and a half. And yeah, I, I need to be harsher on some of my beers. I'd give this a two. I mean, actually, if we want to be hard, if we want to be harsher, let me think about this a bit. And I would say actually one and a half because uh, I realize. I realized I could go for a zero. Mm-hmm. I could go for a half. I could go for one. Yeah. I'm going to go for one and a half mm-hmm. because it's, I just don't see myself drinking this again. As far as something that's pleasant about it, if it's a nice hot day, this would be maybe, uh, maybe, but I, it's not something I would go for. Again, it tastes like the dregs of a margarita to mm-hmm. me. So it makes me, it reminds me of a drink that I'd rather be having. Yeah. So I, I can be a little bit more lenient on it. I, I'm going to stick with the two. Uh, again, not really my flavor, but it, it's it's not like I'm spitting it out. Right. To me, it really does taste like the, the watered-down end dregs of a drink. So uh, one and a half for me and two for Jeff. Mm-hmm. And we'll call it that. Now that we've talked about beer, let's talk about kids. And more importantly, their perspective on the issue at hand. So kids' perspective time is when Rick talks to his daughter Carrie, and she says her thoughts on the issue. So, Rick and Carrie... Take it away. Hello, Carrie. How are you? Good. Are you ready to talk about a new power pack issue? Sure. All right. So, you know, it's been a little while. Tell me what happened in that comic. Three different things. Maybe, no, wait, no, maybe four. Okay. What were some of the things that happened? Hopefully escaped. Mm-hmm. Where did he escape from? He escaped from some... The Snarks. Yeah. And where was he at when he escaped from the Snarks? Um, in this big diamond thingy big cave kind of thing yeah oh that, that's right he he did go into a uh crystal bubble didn't he yeah what what else happened what else did he, he do so franklin yeah franklin helped him out didn't he mm-hmm. what else happened in the book meanwhile julie alex and jack are like trying to trying their, their hardest to to get out uh-huh and they try to make jackal feel really upset so that he can break the crystal the, the crystal shell or the yeah. crystal prison that they're in yeah and did that work no so they're still captured aren't they yeah and then at the end what happened at the end powers got taken yes they did <laughs> what are you doing what were you doing there i was using my finger and putting near my eye and then i was using pretending it was a tear <laughs> so it's sad that the kids lost their powers mm-hmm. and in the next one spoilers i saw that instead of them using their powers jack's throwing a rock alex is like having his hand looking like a claw it looks like he's actually holding a rock yeah yeah and and julie just take has this big stick in her hand and she looks like she's gonna whack it whack snark it with it so it doesn't look like they've got any powers does it no and kate and meanwhile kitty's just like drooping down and Julie's arms. But where's Katie at now in this book? Under the snark world. And who's she with? The cave dwellers and Kofi's dad. Uh, yes, that's right. And his name is Yurik. Does he have his powers anymore? Nope. Chancellor Hadge has Yurik's healing powers, doesn't she? Yeah, because she's gonna she's gonna heal Jack and. Uh huh. Is it turned into this like 
black thing. And I don't know how that's going to be helpful because then picking up stuff, how that hurt. <laughs> I was like, pretend, I was like trying to think about how painful it would be and I'm like, Ugh. Jackal's just not doing well right now, but oh. he's supposedly going to be getting the powers powers, aren't he? Isn't he? The powers powers. The yeah. powers powers. The powers. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about that issue? Uh, sure. What? Down here it says, and it's nothing compared to what's coming next. The 25th anniversary double size ending to the Snark Wars, in which everyone loses his powers and finds some new ones. You'll hate yourself if you miss it. Well, you better not miss it then. I think the I think the comic book's upstairs waiting for you to read it, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's all for this one. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you. Love you too. Shout out time! We want to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. This is going to be a little bit long because we got a lot of comments and likes from episode 28, which was our awesome interview with Wheezy Simonson. And I would like to say thank you to the many kind words and retweets. We really are glad that so many people enjoyed this, and we hope that we kept a lot of them to stick around to us talking about other shows. Mm -hmm. From Facebook, Bradley Austin Knoll. Colin Stapleton. Hoover Jeremiah. Jeff Polier. Jeremy Daw. Joey Burdick. Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. Keith Baker. Kyle Sinelli. Max Traver. Nathan Hubbard. Pat Sampson. Scott Sutton Johnson, who really, really, really appreciated us showing Wheezy a picture of his Power Pack tattoo. Yes, she knows that you have a Power Pack tattoo. Yeah, we're going to basically show that to everybody who uh, interviews on our show that was involved with Power Pack one way or another. We have to. Have to. Sue Howard. And Tracy Earhart. On Twitter, we have Alexander. AJ. By Crom. Brian Meenum. Ch zero dash. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Comic Reflections. Comics in the Golden Age. Craig. Craig McNichol. Dan Grote, who wrote that Wheezy interacting with an eight-year-old is a gold dang delight. David Adler. Delvin the Dark Web. Dr. G Nerdologist. Great Scott. It's Stacy HD. Greg A. The Hammer Strikes. Hicks. I am that I am. Former external. J.M. Miles explained the X-Men. Jeremy Daw. Ladies of Comics. Lady M's Dressmaker. Let's Talk Julie Power. Let's Talk New Warriors. Let's Talk Power Pack. Limex 7. Natalie. Mal. Married with Comics with John and Maggie. Matthew Birdsey. Molly. Moses of Oz. Nickopedia. Professor Frenzy. Pointless Ephemera. Psychopomp 321. Brad Adventures. Radioactive Dog Welder, who squealed with delight when he heard us talking about him to Wheezy. Rustin LF. Ryan. Secret Wars and Beyond. He was nervous just listening and had no idea how we held it together. Siskoid. Stuart Christensen. Tim Price. Topical pun at the GNC, who said the interview was great, and not just because we were interviewing a national treasure. Victor Perfecto. Walking by Starlight. Warlock Thanos Podcast. Zawazawa. Be sure to check out another show that I am on, Rick Meets the Legion. Nicholas Prom guides me through decades of old DC comics while we drink. You can find this show on Comic Reflection Podcast. And also, I'd like to say a big thank you to Rustin LF and to Lucas from The Math of You. They both contributed their specific artwork to a project that I was doing, and we now have stickers, which is great. <laughs> so I'm going to start passing those out whenever and wherever I can. <laughs> Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a room full of stuff from another room. That smells like beer.
in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our lives. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Glitter Blast. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you love comic... No, wait. <laughs> I've already messed it up. Fail. You failed. I've failed many things at life. That's what I've learned. If you try, you fail. Therefore... Don't try. That's eh, the Homer Simpson world of advice. This is my banter. This is my gun. One is for... Ba- no, I messed it all up. This is my random. This is my gun. One is for fun. And to ponder how their parents are feeling about them being missing. Throw something in there. Yep, they are. Whoop, there it is. Who in fact let the dogs out. Anything like that or something? <laughs> something better than ties in. Something a little bit better than that. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Adlin. <clears throat> uh, Be funny. I'm not funny anymore. I'm old and tired. Rick says some stuff while the music is playing. And then what happens after that? My favorite part, because I forgot all about the words that I'd said. It's outtake time. <laughs> it's where I take all the stuff on my little file with outtakes <laughs> and call it good. It's all our junker bits and throwaway lines that get piled into a pile of fun.